everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for clicking play and spending some time with us. Uh, I'm really looking forward to today's show. We're going to be talking with Jeff Yamazaki. He's an actor, model, and a men's fashion content creator. He's also freshly back from Japan, uh, finally over jet lag. Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, I just I came back about a week and a half ago. But man, it took a long time. The jet lag in Japan is okay. It's really easy to get yeah. it over because you're out and about pretty much every single day. But when you come back here, it is rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. But finally, it's been about yeah, a week and a half. So I'm finally over it. <laughs> yeah, I th- something about that. I think going west is easier than going east, I think. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's it's a weird thing because when I'm in Japan, it's so easy. Like you just wake up really early, like four or five in the morning, <laughs> but it, like, you know, you get a longer day traveling. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome home and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And it's actually my first podcast. So I'm kind of nervous, but super excited to be on on this uh, podcast. Uh, no reason to be nervous, man. It's just two guys talking in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, uh, do you mind giving us a little elevator pitch for what you do? Yeah, of course. So I am a men's fashion content creator, a model, an actor. And in my past life, I was a accountant slash CPA, which we could talk about later. But yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, so you made the switch. Uh, can we dig into your roots a little bit? We, I saw your content online. You were staying with your grandparents in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so your parents came over or were they born here? So my parents uh, actually immigrated uh, to Los Angeles maybe in the 80s, I think at the height of the bubble in Japan. Okay. And so I remember my dad telling me he's like, he's here. He came with probably like mostly no money and then yeah. he would be on his phone with his friends just at the height of the bubble where he's you know they're making a ton of money and he's over here just hustling to start his own business and struggling and so they they immigrated here i think he was like 26 so a couple years younger than me yeah he came to los angeles and then i was born and raised in los angeles um yeah my mom's also japanese so two japanese immigrant parents and growing up I was forced, kind of forced uh, to go to Japanese school on Saturdays, <laughs> yeah. uh, like a lot of other Asian yeah. kids in SoCal. And so I hated every waking moment of Japanese school, <laughs> but it's just... Um, it's paying off know, now, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> paying off huge right now. Uh, I was there just for my friends, right. just to talk Japanese with my friends, which is pretty cool. Yeah, And it did pay off, as you said, later down the road. Yeah. No, I've heard you speak. You're pretty good. Do you feel like you're pretty good or are you kind of more, do you feel like you're still in the eighth grade? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, oh man, it's hard, hard to say. Like, I, I could pull off being sort of native, but not at the same time. Um, see, if I go to Japan, I, they would catch me right away. I'll be like, oh, you're probably Japanese American. I think it's the vocab that's the hardest for me. Uh, it's like, I don't have a lot of uh, vocabulary in Japanese, so... Uh, just the what do you call it, pronunciation of my Japanese is I I I hope it's pretty good. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fairly fluent or native. I hope, but it's still a work in progress. Yeah. 
All right, so you're growing up in LA, and were you, a, I don't know, were you a fashionable kid, like in middle school? Were you rocking <laughs> no, the skinny jeans? Or no. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I was, I, I love this question because, um, <laughs> man, back in high school, I remember I was a really, really skinny kid, very, like, underweight, skinny kid, and sort of, like, lanky, and so none of the shirts I ever bought would ever fit me. And so I would wear double shirts, like two shirts, because to like fill it up the fill up the shirt. <laughs> and I always like self-conscious about what I look like or you know, I was always always trying to fit in. Yeah. In high school, middle school, high school. And so, you know, looking fashionable was the last thing on my mind. You know, I was probably wearing the same thing as every every right. other guy, you know, in high school. Just trying not and to so, stand out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so where did this come from? So you were, uh, so you go to college, you're studying accounting, or what were you studying in college, economics? Uh, so I, uh, so I went to school in uh, UCSB, uh -huh. and I actually got into UCSB as an accounting major. Uh, but their accounting major, you're not automatically in. You have to take some prerequisites to, and then you have to have a certain GPA to get into it at UCSB. And I didn't make the cutoff. <laughs> <laughs> which is very unfortunate. Um, but I think uh, in the long run, it, it was for the better of me. Yeah. Uh, and so in sophomore year, I had to switch to global studies, which is international studies for other colleges. And so I was able to sort of cruise through college. It wasn't a very hard right, major. Right. You know? <laughs> and so I was able to go to Japan to go to, go to Japan for the, what do you call it? study abroad. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to do that and kind of experience my culture um, outside of the US by myself. I was, you know, I always go to Japan with my family. But this this is my first time going to Japan by myself. Yeah. And it was so fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I rekindled my love for the Japanese language and my culture, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was able to uh, graduate with a global studies major. And yeah, I was I was always wanted i always love accounting i love money i love you know uh, it's like very interesting but yeah spreadsheets <laughs> i love spreadsheets i love excel yeah yeah in my first job uh, i did a lot of data stuff and that's where i learned a lot of my excel skills but like i fell in love with it and yeah huh. I, I wish i sometimes wish like when i was younger that I, I was able to do the accounting major but in the end it worked out yeah yeah and then when you were in japan did you did you go to the stores and you like Hey, they got skinny long jeans here. <laughs> they got, they got oh, clothes that fit yeah, me. yeah. Um, all the clothes fit way better yeah. in Japan. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It's like, yeah, the European and the, the Asian clothing fit so much better on my body style. And yeah, back back in high school, probably 2010, when I went to H&M here, it's like everything was slightly too big, slightly too big in the shoulders, slightly too big in the chest. But when I went to Japan, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff fit extremely yeah. well off the rack <laughs> yeah off the rack yeah yeah <laughs> which is important yeah yeah no that's cool do you think i don't know if you if you've been keeping up with the the korean wave or the you oh, know yeah the, of course do you think that aesthetic has helped you you know because around the same time that you're kind of getting into it you know bts is blowing up mm -hmm. k dramas are blowing up and right. people are like hey skinny asian dudes with good hair <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely and that's like, i'm super thankful for you know all the you know korean uh k-pop 
uh, K dramas, you know, Japanese J pop. Yeah, yeah. All, all them exporting their media out to the, you know, the US because it's so influential these days.、Mm-hmm. And、um, definitely、uh, more brands are starting to take、uh, account of that and they're trying to. F- Add more, you know, the Asian guy or the、to. Asian yeah. girl. Yeah, they have to, to be competitive into、yeah. their、uh, marketing campaigns now. And so I think it was just、uh, great timing and it just worked out. But、um, yeah, super, just super thankful that it just happened.、And、I think it was around the same time with Crazy Rich Asians too. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that was the first time where I realized, like, whoa,、um, it's like there's people on the screen like me. Yeah. And I think a lot of Asians say the same thing, but. Um, just me personally, I just was kind of shocked in a way. And it's like, I see, I, I never, I guess, I never thought about it growing up watching all these movies and TV shows. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just, but there was no, nothing. Maybe, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think twice about it until I saw that whole cast was Asian. Yeah. I was like, wow, this makes a huge difference. And yeah, it was, it, it was like、successful. seeing a unicorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I think that was definitely part of it. And then the, and then like we just talked about the, the Asian dramas coming over. But yeah, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the culture now, right? Where people right. are realizing, Hey, you know, it's not just a niche market. There are like, I, I'm on a bunch of different, I follow a bunch of different K drama podcasts、mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they're all different people. There's Latinas, there's、mm-hmm. African Americans, there's、right. Caucasian people, French, European, you know, all these people are following K dramas as a global phenomenon. Yes, so yes. it's just neat to see,、mm-hmm. you know, when you, when it's probably the algorithm, but when I flip open Hulu or, or Netflix, you know, a lot of the suggestions are. Yeah. Netflix is crazy. They're really pushing. Yeah,、uh, they're the they're huge players. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So very cool. Very cool to see. So, you got to start doing, what are you doing mostly? Print, print ads or digital ads? What are you doing mostly when、um, you get started? For, yeah, for modeling, it's, it was mostly digital for like social media and more commercial stuff. What do you call it? I guess like email stuff. Like、oh, okay. stuff I sell usually for emails or social media and more mainly on that, that side. I didn't do, I think I'm a little, I was too old to do a lot of the print stuff. And so it was maybe. Like e commerce, I think we call it e commerce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's just the e commerce stuff that I did starting out. It's mostly American stuff, or are you doing overseas stuff too? Oh, yeah, mostly American stuff. Okay.、Um, and then I did one commercial, print commercial. It was commercial slash print. It was also video, but it was for a,、uh, a vaping, a big vaping company in Japan. And it's called Icos. And I, I didn't really like the part that I was like, Yeah. Contributing to sure smoking and vaping, but it was definitely my first time on set for like a big commercial shoot, and I kind of wanted the experience, so I did take it. Yeah,、uh, but that kind of made me fall in love with the filming side too, like the acting side. And I was able to kind of do a little bit of that、um, at that commercial shoot, and that's kind of how I also started with the acting stuff later. Yeah. About a year or two later. Okay. Yeah. Fun. What, what did your parents think when you said, Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm scrapping the CPA <laughs> stuff and I'm going into content creation and modeling? <laughs> um, so actually, they didn't say much, but I think in the beginning, when I signed with my modeling agency, 
they knew I was still going back to school for accounting. <laughs> and, you know, I had always yeah, had yeah. that uh, backup. And so I was doing both um, at the same time. So they weren't very worried um, with what I was going to do with my life. Um, and so I always knew that I didn't want them to worry or my you know family members to worry. Yeah. And so I was always doing two things at once and really take it. I was really risk averse uh, when it comes to work. And so I was doing all sorts of things all at once, kind of grinding pretty much 24 seven. I was doing the part-time job, going back to school. I was doing the content. I was modeling <laughs> and I was doing all these things to hedge all my bets all at once. Cause I knew I really wanted to do the modeling and acting and content creating full time. And so I was really busting my ass off every single day. And when it did come to a point where I had to, I wanted to choose between modeling, acting, content creating, and the accounting thing. My thing was if I passed the CPA exam, that was my ticket to go full-time modeling acting. Cause you had that in your pocket. <laughs> yes. And I finally finished last year around October. 2022 <laughs> oh. and finally got yes. my CPA <laughs> and then got my bonus from my firm. And then a couple of weeks later, I put in my two weeks to be like, <laughs> I, got, I got my ticket and I'm, I'm, I'm done with the cubicle life. That's cool though. You know, like I'm, it sounds like they were supportive and they were, you know, with you. Oh yeah, that. definitely. All right. So now let's talk about the content a little bit. I, mm -hmm. I feel like you're a little bit of a unicorn, meaning that, um, if I want to find an, an Asian woman, Asian American woman doing mm -hmm. fashion, I, I don't have to scroll very far. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, I can find right. a couple thousand Asian women doing <laughs> it. But I haven't seen, uh, I don't know, maybe I don't, I'm not in the right algorithm, but I haven't seen mm -hmm. a lot of Asian men doing fashion content creation. Do you feel right. like you're on an island a little bit or do you know others or what's going on with that scene? Yeah, so I do know a couple, but... It's not as big as the woman, Asian woman fashion content creator. And I've only found out about the Asian men fashion content creator until I got into because it. Because you're doing it. <laughs> because I'm doing it, right. And uh, maybe there, it is only a handful. It's very niche. I yeah. think from the people I connect, probably 10 people that are actually doing it full time as a job. And compared to, you know, the hundreds of the, thousands. On, on the female sound yeah thousands yeah. maybe yeah and and so maybe that part part of that was it was a kind of opportunity that sure. uh, i saw that i was able to kind of tap in but um yeah the asian men's fashion content creator is definitely um a great niche and it's kind of a way for me uh to kind of help my younger self back in my high school i wish i was yeah. you know i was able to uh, dress better when I was younger. And so hopefully I could kind of show that you can dress better uh, very simply and not with a lot of money. So yeah, let's talk about your style a little bit. I mean, it's very, um, it's tutorial almost, right? When you do mm -hmm. these, you do your your reels, it's, let me click on it real quick. Okay. Uh, so everyone out there, go to uh, Jeff Yamazaki with a Z and you can find his content. He's got a lot of blogging here. He got a little uh, 
Japan mm-hmm. travel oh, stuff. Yep. Took a little detour to Japan, but you can see he's got just the the simple titles: soft boy aesthetic. We've got Patagonia outfit. Like I like the way you're like, hey guys, I know you all have the same jacket, <laughs> and you're wearing it every day. Can we upgrade this a little bit? And you give yep. us some tips, like stuff like that. And you you go from head to toe. You go even. You know, with the accessory every so often, mm-hmm. but you'll go four layers deep on it right. all the way down to yeah, shoes. Socks. Yeah, socks and shoes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then a little bit of partnering with some different creators and brands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love it. I mean, it, and like you said, it's not, it's not au couture, you know, <laughs> like it's not, right, right, you know, yeah. each outfit, what would you say, under $200? Say, yeah, under $200. A lot of the stuff is from like Uniqlo, Zara. Yeah. H&M. You'll, you'll throw in something, sometimes some upper brands a little bit, but yep, it's yep. not like Just head to, to toe. sprinkle that stuff in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it all looks comfortable, right? It looks like you're going to go somewhere. You're not going to the opera, you know? Gonna, <laughs> right, right. You know, you're going to work, you're going to school, mm-hmm. and it looks like right. you got... Yeah, everyday wear. Definitely everyday wear. Yeah, it was that just kind of when you were did you did you map it out on a on a whiteboard and said to yourself, okay, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? Or is just just how you dress every day? Uh, pretty much how I dress every day. It's what I had in my closet. I didn't have a ton of money when I started, you know, to buy sure. clothes yeah. specifically, and so I just started with what I had in my closet. And honestly, what I had in my closet was pretty bare bones. I had probably two or three pairs of jeans, a couple shirts. A couple of those like pocket tees that I used to wear in college Mm -hmm. and then that Patagonia jacket and maybe a couple jackets or hoodies. And I just slowly try to mix and match as best as I can when I started with those items. And slowly, because it was a job, I needed to buy more. I had to get in the habit of buying, which was very hard for me. I was like, I would budget it out. My accounting side would come in and be like, okay, I have this much money to budget for clothes. <laughs> the spreadsheet was and telling you. <laughs> spreadsheet, yeah. And a little by little, I would buy different things that I wouldn't be comfortable with uh, in yeah. the beginning. And then slowly built out my closet. And obviously, I only had so much. And so I couldn't buy, you know, those outlandish uh, you know, items, because this is what my literal wardrobe is, my daily outfit. Yeah, yeah. And so little by little, as I got more fashion inspiration from other guys on Instagram or on YouTube, that alf- that kind of style became, I guess, my style that I show on Instagram. So it's very, um, if you see me in real life, this is probably what I wear. <laughs> You'll see me wear. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I noticed that you, and I do this too. My wife always kind of gets on me a little bit, but mostly solid colors, you know, mostly mm-hmm. all <laughs> right. grays, blues, earth tones, you know, they all match. So you can mix yeah, and match yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, I love my grays. I love my whites and blacks. And yeah, yeah. to begin with, I, that's all. I, I love those neutral colors. Yeah. And even to this day, I really, I'm starting to kind of branch out to more colors. Um, um, just maybe like a little pop of color somewhere. Uh, just to make it a little interesting but that's also just kind of pushing my comfort zone little by little yeah yeah and let's be honest for for me i I feel like if i just wear a blue button down i can wear it twice a week and no one's going to say anything because it's so (laughs) nondescript my my black v-neck can get get a couple miles out of it yeah right (laughs) but uh yeah so is that kind of the advice you'd give guys so if guys come up to you and say hey jeff i'm trying to re you know trying to be a little more stylish would your advice mm-hmm. be like, okay, just go slowly. You don't have to go $4,000 in one trip to the mall, you know, like just, just go right, piece by piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember back in high school, I bought 
like two or three i was like i asked my dad like i never buy clothes can you come to the the h&m store with me and i bought like three hundred dollars worth of clothes and um i realized a couple like weeks or months later a lot of the stuff um maybe i put it in the washing machine and dryer too long and didn't like it or didn't fit very well after um a couple times wearing it or you know sometimes when you wear stuff in the store it looks great in the store yeah. for some reason in the mirrors and the lighting room. yeah <laughs> yeah and then you come home you put that on you're like what the heck is this yeah i'm not gonna wear this and, <laughs> and yeah so to avoid that i don't buy things in bulk anymore and so it's little one one piece at a time maybe one or two a month and little by little that starts to accumulate if you keep it consistently you know a couple pieces a month and it'll start building up building up building up and eventually you'll be like oh I, you look at a photo like inspiration photo on instagram mm-hmm. and you're like oh i want to wear that uh but in the uh, in the past you might not have enough pieces but as you build up your wardrobe you're like oh i have something similar to that and you'll, you'll try it on and put something similar to the photo and it kind of it looks very similar and you're like oh this is kind of a cool outfit and maybe you could change up the shoes or maybe the sock color a little bit to uh-huh. kind of put your style into it. But uh, being able to slowly build up your wardrobe and being able to mix and match uh, the clothes you have is, I think, how you get how you dress better, how you learn how to take advantage of what you have in your closet and you know use it to the maximum. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Hey, you mind, uh, can we do a breakdown of one of your videos? You mind walking us through one of them? Oh yeah, of course. Let's see. Let's, uh, let's pick a good one. Not, a, not that any are bad, but let's pick one of your favorites here. Let me get the sound on. Hold on. We can do that. Patagonia upgrade one. The Patagonia. Yeah, let's do that one. Cause I think a lot of people yeah. can relate to that one. Let me, let me do the sound here. Hold on. Have you found that you've been going more towards, you know, H&M is great and all for the, the fast fashion, but like mm-hmm. you said, you wash it a couple times uh, and then you might, you might notice it degrading a lot faster than something from mm-hmm. Patagonia or something from, right, what do you, right. what do you notice with brands? Are you, are you steering more towards better quality stuff? So it just lasts longer? Or? Yeah, definitely. But after I started, you know, buying a lot of clothes or being in the fashion space, it's the quality is much it's worth paying extra for the quality. Yeah. Um, it's hard to understand that until you buy nicer things. Um, me personally, I when I was in my like early 20s, mid 20s, I didn't have enough money to buy a lot of the nicer things. Sure, yeah. $60, like $50 t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know, is it, wait, is it better? Why can't I just buy a little, like a, like a cheaper hoodie? It looks the same, but when you actually buy it and wear it a couple times, you wash it and you dry it. It's still, the fabric feels very nice. You have to wash it a couple times. And that's like the noticeable difference I've seen. And it does last a lot longer. And as you build out, build out your, your wardrobe or your closet, you don't wear things as often. And so they don't, go through them very quickly yeah now I, I know my sister used to work for banana republic when she first got out of college and mm-hmm. so i got the hookup so i was getting you know banana, banana stuff all the time and then then she uh-huh. left that job which was devastating <laughs> so then i was like right. you know what i'll just get old navy it looks almost the same you know it's basically mm-hmm. the same same house right, right but then right. you get it and you're like what is this garbage <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't yeah, last it, it doesn't fit bad. as well yeah it doesn't mm-hmm. last as long 
So yeah, you know, spend a little more for the cardigan or the yes, yes, the pants and yeah, the fabric makes a huge difference. Huge, yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's do uh, one of your videos. Okay, Patagonia. Do you know which one your number one is? We'll do the Patagonia upgrade. Um, but actually, number one, number one, like that's not like a trendy video. Is the Patagonia video before this Patagonia upgrade? Okay. Um, well, let's do this one, and then uh, we'll we'll scroll down a little. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, we'll play it, and then you can give us some commentary at the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is from Jeff Yamazaki's Instagram. Uh, I'm scrolling about halfway down on my screen here, so you guys can get down to this one. It's called Patagonia Upgrade. The Patagonia jacket reel I made got a million views, and I think part of the reason is because a lot of you guys out there wear this type of outfit on a daily basis, similar to me while I was in college. So I want to help you guys take this outfit to the next level without making you too uncomfortable. So let's check it out. To start off, let's replace the pocket tee with just a simple white tee. Next, let's ditch the Patagonia jacket and wear a collar jacket similar to this. Next, let's ditch the blue skinny jeans and try relaxed fit pants. This might be the hardest part, but trust me, these pants will make it look so much better. So as you can see, it's not too skinny nor too wide leg, and it's just a perfect medium. Next are these Converse high tops. And there you have it. Nice and easy. 45 seconds, what are we doing? About a minute? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Did, is this a style that you just kind of grew into, or did you start this from the from the beginning? Uh, this, yeah. So this 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 general outfit after this Patagonia outfit is pretty much how I started. Just very simple white tee. Um, kind of grew out of the skinny jeans uh, pants, and then put on a little a more stylish jacket. And it, it all has the same aspects of this first outfit but it's just slightly more elevated and if once you're able once you get more comfortable wearing other types of pants different types of jackets you could really improve your style like tenfold if you just remove some of those items that you've you know grow accustomed to or you just feel you know when you're too when you're comfortable you just wear that you pick out that jacket right, right. Your, yeah. your closet because you you love it so much uh, but if you kind of push yourself to um buy a jacket very similar to this patagonia jacket it just has a collar it's black it's very simple and if you if you are able to buy that and wear it over just a simple white tee it just looks more put together um i think more stylish in in a way and so being able to try new things um outside of you know the patagonia jacket it's well worth it. and it's not as expensive nor it's not hard to do uh maybe you just need someone to kind of push you maybe if you have a girlfriend yeah. or a significant <laughs> other it really helps uh, yeah, yeah. them to like go to the go to the store with you to buy specific items yeah yeah all right how about one more fashion one then we'll talk about aapi brands in a second okay what, which one do you like here? Mm -hmm. uh, if you could go up a little. Uh, oh, yeah. The Tokyo fashion was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Too. Where is that? Did I just passed uh, it? A little bit down right there. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, th and this is before your trip. You did some when you actually were in. Like, you're releasing some Japan content right now, yeah? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, let's do this. 
I get a lot of fashion inspiration from this Japanese magazine and I found this outfit that I wanted to recreate, so let's try it out. First, I'm going to wear these pleated pants from ONS. Next, I'm going to wear this striped shirt from Common Market. Alright, I found this orange vest from Bespoke Post, so let's see how it goes. Alright, and I have this beautiful coat from Seven for All Mankind, which looks pretty similar to the photo, so let's put this on. Alright, next off, we're going to wear these Johnson Murphy slip-on loafers. I don't know if I like it or it's just out of my comfort zone, but I think it's always important to try new styles and see how it looks. What do you guys think? Now that was from, uh, I think you said before on another post that Popeye magazine is a magazine that you like to look at for inspiration? Yep, that's the, that's the Japanese fashion magazine um, sold in Japan only, I think. But you could try to find it on Amazon. Uh, but I try to get more inspiration from Japan these days. And huh. that's like my favorite uh, inspiration a magazine that I usually read. But you see a lot of brands, you kind of, you know, there's mix over, you have Uniqlo, but you also have Lacoste and New Balance, you know, right, so you, right. you mix it up. Yeah. yeah so that's cool. Is, yeah. I, I think, um, uh, we'll probably talk about it later, but part of it is, um, people in Japan are very fashionable. A lot of cities where you you walk uh, ah. around to get to places, is where the fashion is amazing so like new york city right. paris tokyo um, i love going to those cities because i get so much inspiration and people try with their outfits yeah yeah compared to la which is um a very um Driving. You know, car society yeah cars yeah and so i realized like you only live outside maybe 10 percent of your life here in los angeles or less and, or less yeah, <laughs> yeah. working so from no home one, yeah. yeah no one everyone goes for comfort versus yeah. uh, dressing up nicely for everyday wear yeah yeah and so i've only realized recently it's like traveling to different countries has allowed has grown my uh, uh fashion knowledge and it really piqued my interest as i travel more to different yeah. places 100% we we went to Paris and we were on the outskirts of town and there was a bus we had to take and it went past a French university mm -hmm. and so all these kids all these you know 18 to 20 year old kids would get on the bus and we would just my wife and I would just sit there and just like it's like a fashion show you know <laughs> right. every day you know 100 kids hop on the bus and walk past you and you're like mm -hmm. man this is like <laughs> I'm in, you know, I'm in jeans and a t-shirt 90% of the time in San Francisco, but yeah, I think you're right. It's those walking cultures and, and the effort that people mm -hmm. put in their clothes is just a different level. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, hey, I, I noticed that you also do some content around AAPI owned brands and that actually really caught my eye because... I almost hadn't heard of any of the brands that you mentioned mm -hmm, on your mm -hmm. on your post. And are you finding that a lot from people that they're like, hey, thanks for introducing me to this brand or, or right, the creators right. themselves are like, hey, thanks for shouting this out? Yeah, definitely. Um, even, for, even, even for me, like before I started doing this, I didn't know a lot of these brands and a lot of them are uh, like mainstream or very popular. I just wasn't um, like shown to it in mainstream media. And so when I did do my research, I found all these awesome brands, yeah. like starting off with men's fashion brands. I was like, whoa, there's so many cool 
um, made in LA, made in like New York brands. And I was very surprised and really thankful that I started looking at these because they make amazing clothes. And yeah, so being able to shout out these brands has been really great uh, in a way because I always wanted to kind of give back to the community in this way. And you've met some of them, yeah? Like you, you've got a chance to meet a bunch of these creators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I've been able to, like even yesterday, I went to a an event for Uprisers, uh, which is owned by Michelle Hanabusa. She's also Japanese-American, and she does a lot of uh, community activism. Uh-huh. And I met a bunch of API creators there yesterday, which was really cool. And it's a very small community. But it's awesome being able to connect with them and, you know, one day be able to help, you know, creators or brands through my platform. Yeah. I saw her, uh, that was a really cool uh, Panda Express jacket. That she yeah. Had. Those are dope. The Varsity jacket. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I was looking at that. I was like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can rock it. It's like, it's a little, it's a little out there, right? Right, right, right. But uh, it was very cool. Very cool. Today we're going to change it up a bit and showcase one brand instead of the three. And I want to go more in depth who made it, what kind of items they have, and actually make an outfit with those items. So the first brand is called Uprisers. Uprisers was founded by Michelle Hanabusa who is a fourth generation Japanese Okinawan American. And she created Uprisers as a community driven streetwear brand. And I want to show you some of the pieces so let's go check it out. Alright, we're gonna start off with this amazing varsity jacket where they collab with Panda Express, which is one of my probably top three fast food restaurants. And it's just this beautiful patched jacket with a lot of detail on the sleeve, on the back, the front. And of course, Uprisers is a API owned and founded company and said they do a great job incorporating Asian American heritage into their products. Last but not least is this vest with this yin and yang design in the back. So let's go try it on. I'm gonna start off the base with this unique. Yeah, um, so let's shout out a couple brands. You have a couple that we want to mention here or should oh, we yeah, do definitely. one of your videos what do you think uh, i could shout out a couple um one of one of them that i really wanted to shout out was mod ref and common market uh, mod ref is the woman's side and the common market is the guy side that okay. i usually wear uh when i was like starting out they somehow found me on instagram and i went to one of their like sample sales and they really kind of they helped me out um you know give me some clothes and I'm not even sure how they found me. And I was very small, probably like four or 5,000 followers. And I was like, whoa, it's like probably one of the first gifting uh, opportunities I had. And he's, uh, it's also an API owned brand. And the owner, Andrew, uh, has helped me out, you know, ever since I started. So I always wanted to shout those two brands out. And yeah, you could find them at the Row in downtown LA or the Arts District. Uh-huh. And yeah, the aesthetic really vibes with my style. If you go to like their men's stuff, that it's very simple, like basics. But yeah, they have some cool silhouettes. Uh, slightly fashion forward, but still accessible to just your average guy. No, very cool. Okay, so everyone you can check out. I'm at modrefstores.com and you can see more of their stuff. They have an Instagram as well, so you mm-hmm. can, we'll link that too. Very cool. And they're they're LA based? Uh, yes, LA based. Nice. And I was surprised to find so many AAPI men doing fashion like brands. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot harder to find uh, compared to the women's section. Uh-huh. They are only a handful. And that's why I'm starting because I've been doing this API menswear 
those like shout out reels. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think I'm on like, like six or seven. So that's about like 20 brands, but it's starting to get harder and harder to find API owned men's fashion brands out there. So if, if there's anyone, if there's anyone <laughs> that, you know, creates men's fashion, uh, and it's API owned, let me know. And I could definitely shout them out. Yeah. Now you're going to spend a little more, right? You're going to spend a little more on these. These are more boutique. Mm-hmm, and maybe right. maybe not everyday pieces, but stuff that you might want to bring out for some special occasion or something. Uh, well, actually, this common market is actually pretty affordable. It's okay. nothing like it's probably like in the sixty to a hundred range. Okay. So it's slightly above fast fashion, but not like ridiculously expensive. But like you said, the quality is there, and it's going to last mm-hmm. you a little longer. Yep. So you you having fun with this? Is something that you can see yourself doing for a long time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's been fun the last two years, and honestly, I'm so grateful, so fortunate to be able to do this full time. It's I, not a lot of people could do this because mm-hmm. um, it's. I feel like I was fortunate enough to have some of the like the support of my family um, to be like. I'm not scraping for money, right. you know, like <laughs> I'm, I don't have to be able to be like, Oh, I need X amount of dollars. Like I had enough savings from my previous job to be mm-hmm. able to kind of continue with this. And so if I could be able to sustain myself for the next year or two, I feel like I could do this for a pretty long term. Yeah, no, it looks like a lot of fun and, and the quality is there. The content is there. So yeah, everyone go check out Jeff. And hey, if you have a brand that you want Jeff to shout out, shoot him an email. Uh, yeah, super fun content. Uh, really fun to watch you growing as a creator and, and just seeing Asian faces, Asian brands, Asian clothes. Uh, it's really great. So thanks for all that you're doing, Jeff. Thank you so much. Sure. All right, you survived our tough questions. Are you ready for our lightning round? All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right, let's go. Uh, So this is going to be kind of harder. Maybe it's easy. What are three pieces of clothing that all guys should have? Okay. My favorite shoe is the Converse High Tops. Yeah, Um, can't go wrong. I think that's the first shoe that I kind of got out of my comfort zone. And I think every guy should have one, at least one of these. You go white or black? What are you going to do with the, the chucks? The black, color? Yeah. The black chuck, high, high top chucks. And then once you get more comfortable with that, get the white ones. Yeah, yeah. All right. Item number two. Item number two. Um, this is probably a basic one, but a nicely fitted white tee. It's a lot harder than it sounds <laughs> to get a nicely fitted white tee. But if you could find one that is fairly cheap and you could buy it all year round, man, Keep buying those. So you're, you're going Uniqlo with that, or what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, Uniqlo. With? Okay. Yeah. All right. And number one piece, uh, the cardigan. Yeah. The cardigan is so underrated. If you just have a nice pair of pants and a white shirt, just put on the cardigan, and you you'll look really stylish very quickly. Super easy. Yeah. What What's your brand for cardigan? A cardigan. Uh, I do have one from. A really oh another API brand uh, called the Good Fight. Okay, but it's a very high like high fashion brand, and that's my favorite. It's like a I put I, there's a video on it that I kind of showcased it, but it's a baby blue cardigan. It's a little oversized. It's like a grandpa cardigan. Uh-huh. 
And yeah, they're uh, API owned brand as well out of Los yeah. Angeles. So yeah, it's but, yeah, my Cardi- Cardigan's pretty timeless, right? You could wear it mm-hmm. into your eighties. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so get a good yep. one guys. So yep. you can wear it, you know, when you are actually a grandpa, you can yep, wear yep. <laughs> your grandpa Cardigan. All right. Very cool. Second question. Uh, if you could only wear one brand all year, like you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're limited to this one brand, what brand would you go with? Um, yeah, it's realistically speaking, it's definitely uni- Uniqlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's they are, man, they're the best. One of the best like brands. Yeah, for everyday wear, and really affordable, but good mm-hmm. quality. And, right. And I think for for Asian bodies, I think it fits pretty well. You know, it definitely like, does. Yeah, it is cut a little slimmer um, in the in the right areas yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Do you know of a fictional or do you have a favorite fictional movie, show, or book that has a little bit of fashion in it? Mm. So I did go to Paris last year, I think in August or September. And right after my, um, I was introduced to Emily in Paris. Uh-huh. And man, I got hooked on that show. It's like <laughs> a, my favorite guilty pleasure show. And the, Fashion is just incredible. And especially the guy for the guy named Gabriel, the character named Gabriel, mm. which is one of the main characters, has a style that's very similar to what I wear. Uh-huh. Um, and so I love getting inspiration from that show uh, here and there through Gabriel. And so, yeah, that's my favorite yeah, fictional movie or show. Also, the amazing Ashley Park in that one. So we love yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, season two just came out what a month ago or no, uh, came yeah, out a couple months January. ago. Yeah, yeah, in the beginning of this year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely a good good watch. Just not heavy theater, you know. You're not, <laughs> right. not gonna stretch your brain out too much, right. but yeah, good fun, good fun. <laughs> Do you have a favorite nonfiction show, book, or podcast or channel that you like to watch for fashion? Yeah. So my favorite is. YouTube. I think YouTube is oh, yeah, a yeah. great resource, as many of you guys know. But I started watching Tim DeSaint's YouTube channel hmm. uh, way back when. Probably, I'm not even sure how how long ago he started, but in the very beginning stages, and he had a style very similar to what I wanted. And being able to watch his videos, that's very easily digestible, very easy to follow, and he does a lot of the Uniqlo stuff. And so I love watching yeah. his channel. I do recommend watching him if you're just trying to start out. All right. Tim DeSaints. Good, good recommendation. All right. And we like to end every episode by asking our guests to name an infatuation. An infatuation is anyone in the Asian community that has inspired you living or deceased. So Jeff Yamazaki, who is your infatuation? Yeah. So it's definitely my dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um your your question said community so um yeah he is someone that is very active in the japanese american community mm-hmm. but more of the japanese immigrants who came to the huh. u.s and so he works with a lot of that side of the community and he does it with a lot of like volunteer work and so i started when i when I was growing up, I started to see how much of his extra time he puts into this community side and uh, being able to connect with all these people in the community, you know, throughout the years has really shown me that you could do, you can make a, you know, big impact uh, just by helping out 
little by little. And I realized I want to do that um, with the Japanese community here in Los Angeles, yeah. uh, you know, through my platform and also, um, you know, in little Tokyo and do my little bit as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the history of Asians in America is one where we needed each other, you know, right, and, yeah. you know, I, I, even though some of us have been here for hundreds of years or 170 years, you know, I, I still think we need each other. You know, we still need yeah, to definitely. lift each other up. Mm-hmm. Especially, can you can you imagine? Like you said, your dad was what twenty six. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? Like if I just plopped you in Cambodia or plopped you in, <laughs> you know, Ukraine right. or something like to start a life in a language that you're not really fluent in mm-hmm. and with almost nothing. I don't know how much money your dad had, but you know, with not right. a lot in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't imagine. It's just. Yeah, because you got to start from zero, not knowing anyone. Like yeah. for us, we were we had our you know high school friends that we could always rely on, yeah. like college friends, and, and your language ability. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, def- yeah, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you and I could walk in and do a job interview and be, you know do fine, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just yeah. I, I marvel. You know, it's it's a common story. I, I say this all the time. It's not an uncommon story. This immigration right. or even refugee stories, but. Just it still amazes me that people yeah, do same it. Same here. Sometimes, like your sister was born here. Yeah, uh, yeah. All my siblings were born here. Okay, yeah. But can you imagine if you had like three kids and you moved to another country? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother level. But yeah. So props to Mr. Yamazaki. Uh, shout out to all you folks who who made it. You made it out yeah, here right. so that we can have a better life. And so definitely. Hopefully, we can give back a little too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. I think that does it for our episode. Hey, thanks for coming on, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Can't wait to hear hear the full episode later. Yeah, yeah. We'll clean it up. We'll post it up. Uh, a couple weeks, I think. We're, we're going to be into April when this one comes out. Okay. And so, everyone out there, go follow Jeff at Jeff Yamazaki on Instagram and YouTube. Any other social medias we should drop for you? Are you on TikTok? Yeah, uh, TikTok is also the same at Jeff Yamazaki. And also, if there's... Um, any theatrical agents, you know, listening. I'm definitely looking for representation. And if you are anyone needs a Japanese American actor for a role, hit me up. Let's do it. <laughs> we got a couple actors coming up, so I'll ask them about representation. Like oh, it's, cool. Yeah. I, I'm talking to this guy uh, on Monday who's been doing it for like 30 years. So wow. he's, you know, he's like back to the day. Yeah, you know, that's where, OG. Yeah, that's... That's amazing. That's some staying power too, because I think yeah, I would have sure. given up because it was some dry. Oh, yeah. It was really, really bad, like in the eighties and nineties. Nothing, yeah. yeah. Or you're just gonna be the house boy or you know <laughs> yeah, immigrant much. number five or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was tough. But yeah, okay, yeah. So we'd love to see Jeff on the big screen or the or the streaming screen. So everyone out there, uh look for him and agents, give him a call. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. And yes, as usual, you can always write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us or message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Infatuation Podcast. So everyone out there, thanks so much for listening to us. And on behalf of Jeff and myself, we hope that you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 